0: Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles Podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. All right, here we go again. Another podcast, another Wednesday, another hump day, and uh, hopefully you guys are having a great week so far. I know that my week has been uh, kind of uneventful. I wish I had something cool to tell you every podcast that I did, but unfortunately, sometimes the life of a, a father, husband, full-time employee isn't really all that ev- eventful. You know, you you wake up, you go to work, you come home, take care of the kids, and so on, repeat. But. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. My family has actually started a tradition, and it is called the wild game feed. So we call it a wild game feed. We eat fish that we've caught throughout the year. We eat deer, turkey. (laughs) Last year, my stepbrother brought turtle and frog legs. Frog legs are really good. Turtle mm not so much i maybe it was the way that it was cooked but uh i think i'll pass on that i think i chewed it for about 40 minutes before i could swallow anyway if you have a, if you actually have a good turtle recipe why don't you email me email me the recipe and i'll give it a try but today as always we have another badass podcast and today we're going to be talking with the owner president mike from hex And if you guys don't know what HEX is, I really didn't know what HEX was, H-E-C-S. And uh, long story short, this product is a, a, a clothing garment, and it blocks the electricity coming out of your body. And that was probably a horrible way to introduce it, but according to the guys at HEX, the animals can see or sense that. Uh, that electricity or that aura, I guess, if you want to call it that, that comes from your body, and uh, this product helps stop, block, reduce, whatever, you know, however you want to look at it. I'm not the expert. I'm going to let Mike uh, explain it, and make sure you guys listen all the way to the end of the podcast because we are going to have a giveaway from Hex, and in order to win. You got to find out how to enter, and that's going to be at the end of the podcast. But now, Matt Klein from Exodus Trail Cameras is going to talk to us a little bit about Velvet Fest and how you can win an Exodus Trail Camera.
2: Yeah, so Velvet Fest is um, nothing too formal. It's kind of it's kind of a celebration, really. You know, Chad and I over the last couple of years have gotten so asphyxiated on the build up to the season, you know, and. Planting food plots, hanging stands, cutting lanes, everything that we do, trail cameras, is kind of the only release that we get, you know, for these next three months of that addiction that we all have. So it's really that build-up. We're watching Bucks. We're trying to figure out if if the ones we were after last year are still alive. And Velvet Fest, uh the promotion we're doing is just kind of celebration of all that, a way for all of us uh whitetail addicts to kind of stay in touch. So on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, really any social media outlet, if you tag your posts, um, pictures, videos, what have you with the, with the, uh, tag velvet fest, then we are doing monthly and weekly giveaways of Exodus trail cameras, um, swag hats, shirts, um, decals, uh, and lots of other gear that's up on our site as well as some other companies getting involved that uh, we're going to be giving away some really cool stuff. And like I said, it's just kind of a, it's kind of a way to celebrate the buildup to another year and kind of the waiting game is, is now upon us.
0: If you guys want to find out more information about Exodus Trail Cameras, and I strongly suggest you do, go out and visit exodusoutdoorgear.com. And now let's get into this week's gear podcast with Mike from Hex. All right. On the phone with me now is Mike Slinkard. Is it, did I did I pronounce that right? Yep, you did. All right, perfect. You are the owner slash president slash majority shareholder, whatever you want to say, of Hex. Is that correct?
1: That that is. yeah. I'm the the founding member and and president and and uh, head guy in charge. I guess, but I have a good team behind
0: me. That's what's nice. That's good. That's good. Now before we we get in to start talking about hex and and what it does and the science behind it. We were, we were planning on doing this interview a little earlier, but you said, Dan, I got to go turkey hunting. (laughs) So, so I want to know how did your spring go with turkey hunting?
1: Well, it went real well. Um, you know, we, we film for our television show, which we have on Pursuits called Hunting with Hex. And so the springtime and spring and fall are two obviously busy, busy times. And, uh, you know, we move a lot of product to turkey hunters. So turkeys are really a, a big deal for us. And, uh, you know, we we hit a few states this year. Um, actually, I think we I, think I took three birds on video. Um, and team member-wise, I think we got about 11 or something like that. But, uh, anyway, um, our MO with uh, turkey hunting is myself and my daughter Caitlin, um, Scott Eastman, who's our CEO, and a couple of others are strictly bow hunters. So um, we're out there trying to, trying to take these things with bow and arrow. And the other big thing is that we we do not use blinds, and most bow hunters do, um, because it's known that turkeys uh, are very attuned to, particularly to movement. And you know that's where our technology really comes into play with turkeys is it allows you to get away with small amounts of movement. getting to full draw is never an issue, and we got some some fabulous footage this year over the shoulder, you know ten twelve yards getting to full draw on birds when they're looking at us and not having any issues so kind of cool, we always enjoy the turkeys.
0: So it, it there seems to be kind of a trend with turkey hunting these days, and it is that, that no blind, I don't know, some people call it reaping, some people call it fanning, where you throw the fan out and you crawl behind it right up until, or the or you start calling and the turkeys come right into you and, and you're, uh, you're shooting them at like five yards. Did you guys do any of that?
1: we did one uh, bird that way uh, this year normally we don't uh, or we haven't done that in the past although it is very exciting um, what we do for the most part is we set up as you traditionally would except for if we're bow hunting we just set up on a chair where we can you know pivot around fairly easily and uh, it's kind of hard to shoot uh, both sitting on the ground like you can a shotgun sometimes but uh, you know set out the decoys and and call them to us uh, you know that's that's the way we do most of my dip- do one this year is actually the first time I've done it. Um, we did do one uh, one bird fanning this year, and it worked fabulously. We actually had myself, my daughter was holding the fan, I was shooting, and our camera guy behind us and uh so, there's three people standing up, basically walking out to these birds and uh and got a real nice bird on video so so yeah, we did do one that way, but for the most part, we just set out in the wide open and shoot turkeys off a of chair.'s crazy as that
0: sounds. <laughs> <laughs> i love that I love that breakdown. Oh, we sit in the wide open and shoot turkeys from chairs <laughs> uh, pretty much yeah, <laughs> so as long
1: as we can get them to cooperate and come in, I mean that's usually the hardest part of of uh, turkey I is, you know, the timing and all that and getting them to actually come to the call. But uh, once they come to the call and come into the decoys, uh, yeah, we've found that with with our technology, you really don't need a blind. You really don't. Um, a little back cover is nice, but you don't need a whole bunch of cover either. Um, what we know now about turkeys is they actually see electrical fields visually. And that's what our product's all about, is blocking the electrical field that's created by the body. When you block that field, the movement that you do is more like an inanimate movement to the turkeys and they just don't don't react to it like you would uh, normally see. Uh, like I said, you can't do jumping jacks, but you can dang sure raise a gun or draw a bow or or turn your head and all that kind of stuff that's got us busted in the past. So it's kind of fun.
0: You know, now that you brought that up, uh, I, that's a perfect transition into what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about hex and and how it works and the science behind it. But let's go back to the very 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 beginning when this was just an idea Mm -hmm. what how did this idea come about and i guess what were in in the previous in the very beginning in the conception stage how did that idea transition transition into a hunting product
1: Okay. Well, to start out with, um, you know, I grew up in a very rural part of eastern Oregon. Um, Our county has one stoplight, and our county is about the size of the state of Connecticut. So a big, pretty wild area. We actually have deer and cougars and all kind of animals all the time in town. And my family were cattle ranchers as well. So I grew up in close proximity to animals. I don't even remember learning how to shoot a bow, I've been doing that so long. I actually uh, spent some time uh, actually owning an archery shop and um, uh, in, uh, in shooting archery professionally, but bow hunting is always my passion and of course with bow hunting you have to get close. And if you've spent time around animals and you understand what their body language is telling you, it's it's pretty well known by most hunters that your amount of time that you have when an animal gets in close, particularly if he has any age on him, is pretty limited. And we all know that it's not very long and their senses are going to change and that, that body language is going to change, the senses are going to go on alert, and things get real tough. And it doesn't matter if the wind's blowing your way, if you're still, if you're camel or whatever. That is always a constant, particularly with uh you know with older older age class animals so it was basically a conversation that I was having with some of my some of my coworkers I used to own orders choice postrings and so in the fall our uh our you know business got fairly slow, and we were videoing our own hunts. So we were watching, happened to be watching some mule deer video that that you know it just made no sense at all. Why this animal went on alert, and it started a topic of you know why is this happening, and we kind of started doing some research with um, myself and some of my some of my partners. Uh, one actually had a, a, a background in animal science. And started looking around and started looking at how animals perceive their electrical environment, specifically the um, the research that had been done on how animals navigate. Um, there had been a lot of research done on how animals navigate, and they know that the internal compass uh, in animals actually picks up electrical fields, extreme low-frequency electrical fields. Um, for us, kind of our aha moment was when we realized that the fields that are produced by living beings are very very similar so they're also an extreme low frequency field and it started us kind of wondering you know I wonder if maybe they're using the same mechanism to detect danger as they are with uh, you know with uh, how they navigate and that was the very first start of it Um, really uh, it's evolved a long way since then we've we've actually learned a lot about how Game animals um, perceive electrical environments, but also birds, they're, they're different. They, Like I said, birds are 100% visual with that. Uh, but also underwater. We have a whole side of our company that does underwater and aquatic as well. So um, the electroreception of animals right now is, is really kind of an emerging science. There's a lot of new stuff coming out all the time. I just read a new thing on bees uh, that came out here literally within the last month um, confirming their electroreception as well. So um, so, there's a lot of lot of uh, stuff that's being learned from the science side of it, but uh, what we did is we basically developed a fabric to block electrical fields and went out and saw the difference, and that's kind of our our history in a nutshell, I guess.
0: Okay, so the next step, I you know, you, you had this idea and you said we got now we have a fabric that create or that blocks electrical fields. Elaborate a little bit on that fabric what it is how it's made and and how you got i guess the 1.0 version of this fabric and maybe some of the testing that you did to to you know better that product
1: sure well uh, you know to to even back up maybe a little bit further the 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 biggest thing for us was realizing that blocking the electrical field could be an advantage to us as hunters and how we did it was actually probably honestly, believe it or not, one of the easier parts of our job. Um, there, uh, you know, if you're going to block an electrical field, the most common way is to use what's known as a Faraday cage. Um, the most common Faraday cage that everybody sees every day is the door of their microwave oven. If you look at the grid in that door, the microwave, it's a highly electrically conductive grid, and it's sized and shaped in a specific Pattern and conductivity to block that electrical field. So all we needed to really do was find a fabric that that had those characteristics. And there was a few things out there, uh, mostly in the medical field, that were somewhat close. I mean, they did a, a fair a fair job, not a great job, um, because you can actually measure these fields with with the instruments. We actually have a couple of a uh, couple of instruments that are very sensitive that we can measure the field that's coming off the body through heart rate and muscle movement. So we just used that that um, you know those tools measuring our our own emissions and then using different fabrics to to figure out exactly what we needed. And eventually we ended up having to go to a specific grid and conduct conductivity to match the exact wavelength of our body. Uh, if you know anything about electron ele- electrical fields they travel in waves. So basically In a very simplistic manner, what you're doing is blocking the electrical field by making a highly conductive grid that's smaller than the height of the Of the wave, so when the wave hits it rather than passing through, there is now the path of least resistance which is in within the grid, and uh, in our case, it actually holds that holds that electricity in in capacitance when you touch ground, it grounds out that kind of thing but a uh, very proven method it really wasn't that difficult to figure out how to do it. Um, it was just uh, number one that we needed to do it, and number two, just uh refining the conductivity of the grid size mostly
0: so. What actually causes the electricity to come from our body? That that wave that you say.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, um, you know, medical science will tell you that we're very electric beings. Everything that that's living produces electrical fields. Our Mm -hmm. heart rate. If you ever had an EKG, they're looking at the electrical field that your heart creates, and it is the largest creator of electrical fields in your body. But also, every muscle movement is actually run by, you know, uh, know, electrical... uh, you know your your body's electrical impulses is what actually runs your your muscles in that. So, the larger the muscle, the more electrical impulse it takes to move it. And um, if you have an, uh, an electrical current, you're also going to have an electromagnetic field. They're they're, they're inseparable. So, it's actually, the electromagnetic field is traveling outside the body, and that's what our instruments are able to measure, and it's also what animals can pick up on.
0: So. Turning to what animals can pick up on, is it something that they can see, or is it something they sense, or you know, do, do they have the ability to, you um, know, taste it? I, you know, animals are weird. They have, they have, you know, the whitetail has a gigantic. Um, orbital gland, and and they can drink basically drink air for you know to to taste the air you know to scent check everything. Mm-hmm. Is there something that allows these animals to pick up on this electrical field better than humans can?
1: Well, um, number one, we feel that humans probably have the ability to do this, and many still do. Actually, we were um, talking to some special forces guys, and we actually have a whole side of our. Of our company that is focused on the military aspect right now, it's headed up by some retired generals and colonels and things. But um, people probably have that much more uh, evolved, you know, back in the day when they relied on it. But um, if to, to your question, uh, the mechanism that they use is is somewhat controversial science. That even even when they're studying, um, you know, the uh, uh, the navigational aspects of animals. There's some controversy on exactly how they're doing it. They know they can do it. But the most common theory in mammals is the existence of naturally occurring magnetite. And what that is, it's in the it's in the brains of all mammals, including people. And this magnetite actually is a highly electrically conductive substance that a lot of scientists believe is what what animals actually pick up, is how they actually pick up on it. There's also some theories that uh, some of the highly electrically conductive uh, elements of the eye also uh, could be doing that. So, truth of the matter is, is in in, in mammals, we're really not 100 percent positive exactly how they do it. But I can tell you, without doubt, when you block it, you can see that there's no doubt that they can. Um, birds, like I said, birds see it visually, and that's much more much more understood uh, scientifically. And you know, there's been a lot of study on how birds navigate, and they actually know that they can see the electrical fields of the earth. Again, the electric fields of the earth and what's living beings emit are very, very similar. So it's one of the reasons why we see the really over the top uh, results with birds, uh, turkeys, waterfowl, that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, like I say, it's a it's an evolving science. Um, there's no doubt that they pick it up. There's no doubt that there's a, a big benefit by blocking it. But uh, we're still still working on exactly how uh, you know animals are doing it. But uh, there's no doubt that they are.
0: So do do all living things have this uh you know this electricity like like what we're talking about trees grass you know um rocks even i don't know if if it's if it's living does it have the, the
1: um, electrical fields that we focus on are actually those that are created from heart rate and muscle movement, and that's a different a different wavelength than energies that are put out. I mean, plants do put out some energies and that kind of thing, but it's completely different than what living beings like deer and elk and us, uh, uh, the, what they put out. So um, if you've ever studied the electromagnetic spectrum, there is a huge band of of energy out there, we see a very small part in visible light, but there's there's a huge amount on each side. And so there are varying degrees of, of wavelengths and that kind of thing. So while, yeah, plants do put it out, they put out a completely different kind than
0: what living beings put out. Okay. So you've created this this pattern that absorbs the, you know, the electric the electricity that's coming, that's being admitted by the human body. What is that? I mean, is there metal in the clothing that is like a conductor or how does that work?
1: It, it is. It's actually, we use a, a conductive carbon yarn. So it's an extruded, highly electrically conductive carbon yarn. Um, and it's woven in an interlocking grid pattern. So our suit, our hex suit is actually electrically conductive to top to bottom. And and that's that's what makes it work. We could use... Uh, stainless steel, which actually some of the early prototypes that we did actually use stainless steel, as you can imagine, having stainless steel wires in your clothing wasn 't very comfortable <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that 's one of the reasons we went with went with carbon it 's very uh, it 's very comfortable and it 's also something that our producer was able to weave really effectively and 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 real consistently into the fabric so um but yeah it could work with basically any conductive fiber and our patents actually cover you know most any conductive fiber that are that's used to block fields that that are emanating from the body so um so yeah that's exactly how it works it's a it's a it's a, a conductive mesh that's interlocking and basically again it works like the door in your microwave oven it stops that field from coming through actually blocks, holds it in capacitance. And when you touch ground, it drains it out. So that's a really, really proven scientific method.
0: So when you started doing this and you're like, okay, well, we have the, the pattern, we, we've put it into some clothing. Was there a kind of an aha moment where you walked out into the woods and instantly noticed a change, or did it take some time to, you know, go through version, you know, 1.0, 2.0, 3.0 to get to where, you know, you, you walked in and you're like, Oh my God, these animals don't even know I'm here.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I was number one, the biggest skeptic of this whole thing. <laughs> Um, and, you know, there was basically five of us that were in charge of, uh, you know, we we got some, some sample clothing. We knew it worked on the meter and, and, and that, and so we went out and started trying to prove our theory. And we saw differences immediately but I can tell you right now that I was probably the biggest skeptic in the bunch because I would see a difference. I'd say, well, gosh, you know, and we've all been close to animals before and man, you know, is this, is this because of our clothing or is it, is it coincidence and that, and you know, it went, it went through a, a lot of stages. The very first, Uh, Result that I personally ever saw with it was actually with my dog. Um, The the one of the very first times I went hunting, I had the original prototype clothing on underneath my clothing because original uh, the original prototype was white. So I had it on under my camo clothing. My dog had seen me in camo clothing a thousand times probably, and. Usually it's one of these dogs that, I mean, when you're putting your boots on, you got to knock it out of the way because it's in the way all the time. This dog was laying across the room, didn't want anything to do with me. It wasn't aggressive and it wasn't afraid of me, but it was just kind of confused. That was the first thing that I saw that I thought, eh, that's weird, you know. But uh, as, as, as time went on, you know, we started seeing more and more, uh, you know, results that you just don't see all the time. Animals coming in close and completely ignoring you. Um, Even when you're in the open, you know, you still have to keep the wind right and you still have to hunt smart and all that. But, you know, we were seeing these differences. Probably my biggest personal aha moment was with turkeys. Um, I actually called a turkey in and was completely caught in the open like a lot of us have been before. You know, it it, it was gobbled way off and I tried to make a move. And the turkey pops over the hill at forty yards or so, and you know normally you would expect it to putt and run. And it stood out. I just stopped, stood still. The bird walked all the way into me, and I shot it in about ten yards. And I was in the open with no anything, and actually drew my bow when the bird was was completely defamed looking at me. So that was the one time I said, okay, that never happens. <laughs> yeah. So um, of course you know the other guys were seeing seeing similar things. So once we got to that point, it was you know, then a matter of, of, you know, doing more official research type stuff and uh, and going from there, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a process like anything, and, and, and we have refined the fabrics, uh, you know, significantly since the first ones, too, so what we have now works a lot better than what we have then, mostly in the consistency, because originally we had a hard time getting consistency out of the fabric, so um, so now we've got pretty much 100% consistency in it, and it, you know, works well, so.
0: So now I go to the store, I buy a piece of your clothing and I put it on the deer or the animal, whatever we're hunting, the coyote, the Turkey, they, are they seeing less of this energy field or is it blocking 100% of the, this, uh, the electric, the electricity or, I mean is it escaping from the face or from any the hands if they're uncovered? How's that work?
1: Okay. So basically the larger the muscle group the more energy it's going to produce or, or can produce. So you want to cover the 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 biggest muscle groups. Um, with birds, particularly, you want to cover as absolutely as much as possible because the, because it is visual. They they're very attuned to it, so you need the face mask and the gloves and all that. Um, but uh, we're going to block about 95%. Um, we can't. We're not going to block 100%. But we're going to block about 95%, which is such a significant reduction that there's a you know, you're going to see a major difference um, in in that. So what what we're blocking is that electric field. Like I said, you still got to hunt. You're still you know, usually they can still smell you, and if you move too much, they can still see you, and all that kind of thing. But it, it but it's an advantage that you've never seen before. So, um, so yeah, it's it's the more you cover, the better. But particularly with birds, having as much covered as possible is is really a big help.
0: So, okay. If I'm in a tree stand and let's say I'm I'm hunting in, in in a pinch point or something where the deer are cruising in front of me, they're upwind to me, so I don't have to worry about ever getting busted um, on this sit. But one day, or while I'm up there, one kind of you know, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but a deer or something sees the bottom of your tree stand and just kind of works its way up to you, just mm-hmm. just for out of sheer curiosity, and then typically. What would happen? And I'm just kind of using this as an experience that I've had. They'll look and then they'll be like, that's not supposed to be there. I'm spooked. I'm out of here. What would what would a, a reaction be if I would have been wearing one of these suits?
1: well and and if particularly if you're a white tail hunter that's ever set in a tree stand, you've had something like that happen where the deer basically locks on you for whatever reason, whether he sees your you know you we've always think, well gosh, it's something that's unnatural or 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 this or that yeah I mean, I've even heard people say that you know deer just walk around and they're looking up, but they rarely look up in a tree that you're not in, <laughs> okay so um. It, what what we see and and what we see the big reduction is by blocking the electrical field when they do or if they even lock on you, which a lot of times they won't do that. But even when they do lock on you, what will happen is is you stand still and it's just usually a few seconds and they'll go back to to their to their natural thing rather than the normal head bob foot stomping thing that you see just prior to whitetail in the air, you know. So that's one of the most common things that we hear from, particularly whitetail hunters, all the time is, man, I thought I was busted. He had me nailed. He's looking right at me, and he just turned and kept coming, you know, or kept going along his way. So, um, what they're seeing is they're actually not picking up the electrical field, which is one of the things that that they use to pick off that they're actually looking or in close proximity to something that's living so when you bl- take that electrical field out you're more like an in object even when they look at you they just don't sense you as uh, as being something that's living therefore you're nothing to be worried about so it's a pretty pretty cool advantage it really is particularly white tons
0: so this you know the articles of clothing it has um carbon in it and i, I don't know why i mean this is kind of just a a long shot, but a lot of companies use carbon in some of their clothing and they claim scent elimination Mm -hmm. or it helps with the scent. Is, is this a different kind of carbon or can this also, you know, it's one of those things where, Hey, I'm blocking my energy field, but it also helps with, uh, maybe a little scent elimination as well.
1: Okay. Well, it, it, it's carbon. All carbon is naturally scent absorptive. And we actually have a patent on on scent absorption with our carbon. Um, we haven't really pursued that much because... Number one, you know, we, we, while we while you see a reduction in it, you're still, if the wind's blowing the wrong way, they're still going to smell you. So we're not, uh, we're not making big claims with scent. Um, but the big difference between hex products and, and the carbon that's in those and any other scent elimination product is that the, the carbon is actually in a conductive grid. It's specifically woven in a grid so the, so the fabric is completely conductive all the way through. And that's not the case with uh normal scent control products or scent control clothing that's out there now it's a granulated uh type carbon that's uh activated so it's made specifically to to block scent. ours is more more made to block the electrical field while it does have some scent absorption capability uh that's really not our focus so um so yeah it has carbon in it all carbon is an absorptive, but it has to do with how it's woven and how it's put into the fabric as to, you know, what the greatest benefit is going to be.
0: Okay. And now this is kind of a vague question, but, you know, going out, uh, going out west and maybe doing some spot and stock mule deer hunting or even elk or antelope. And it seems like out there, and, and I, I don't have a ton of experience with this, but I have gotten busted plenty of times in the short trips that I have been taking out there, but are you going to see, I mean, are you going to be able to get away with more movement? I know you mentioned, you know, uh, as if talking about Turkey hunting, you're able to draw your gun or draw your bow and it's, it's really shouldn't affect things. Is this, does this work better the further away you get from the animals or is this designed for up close and personal, you know, your 70 yards and inside type of deal?
1: Yeah, it's it's more uh, designed to help when you're up close. Um, now, we have seen some very interesting stuff, particularly with mule deer and antelope um, in spot and stock. We do a lot of spot and stock out here. We're in, we're in eastern Oregon, so we have a lot of open country, and we do a lot of spot and stock stuff with mule deer and antelope both. <laughs> And you know we have gotten away with some crazy stuff in the open as well, um, but for the most part, it's going to be you know that fifty yards and in really is when you're really going to see the difference because uh, that's when that's when the fields are really starting to become more pronounced, and I think animals are are more concerned with that when they're up close. It's a you know it's a danger reaction. So you know something that's that's way way away from them, they're going to naturally be a little less less worried about that than they are when they get up close. So, um, so yeah, I mean, now antelope in particular are kind of interesting because there's no doubt that they have probably, as far as, as big game animals, antelope probably have the best sense of electrical reception of any of them because we've seen marketed differences at a hundred yards plus with them. Um, Originally as one of the first animals we tested on and if you've ever had an antelope in the West, a lot of bow hunters, particularly, will set a blind up on a waterhole. And when you set a blind up on a waterhole, if you've ever gotten back and watched antelope come in, they could care less about that, about the blind, as long as it's empty. As soon as you put somebody in it, they're doing their, their little dance out there at 100 yards plus, and they come in, a lot of times they'll still come in, but they're very nervous, they do the fake drink thing three or four times, all that kind of thing that antelope hunters are are. You know, taught to just wait and, and and let them calm down and all that. And with with the hexon you can get in the blind and they act like there's nobody in it. And so it was a really pronounced difference. One of the very first tests that we ever did was was, was with antelope. So um, it, it's interesting. Different species have different uh, amounts of tolerance to it. And uh, like I said, antelope are by far the most sensitive of any animals that we've we've tested so far, with the possible exception of some of the African stuff. Um everything in africa is, is pretty attuned to it, and you can see a big difference over there but uh but here in North America, the antelope's probably the biggest uh, biggest one but again, elk mule deer uh whitetail you name it they all they all pick up on it for sure
0: so as far as mammals are concerned, you know you said birds can see this but you know this energy that we put out, but you know ma- mammals this the you know, the case is still out on it. Uh, maybe they do, but you know, they probably don't see it as good as, as birds do. So, you know, every once in a while I talk about a company called Ozonics and what it does is, uh, the, the, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but very the, familiar with it, okay. So, so you know what, you know what they do and that, that is, that helps with the, 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 um, sense of smell, right? Mm-hmm. So because this really isn't, you know, a sense of sight, smell, or hearing, it's like it's like it's uh an undefined sixth sense, you know what I mean? How I I I mean I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question because it, it can't be seen, but I every every hunter has been in that situation where bucks walking into the area or a doe whatever animal you're hunting walks into the area and you know the wind is right you know the buck didn't smell you you know it didn't cross your um your entrance route in but something there's something there that makes this buck basically take two steps backwards and go 180 degrees away from you
1: Mm mm-hmm yep that that is a classic example of of you know when they get in close proximity to something that they can't identify um and they know that they're close to something that's living and if they can't identify it a big old box is gonna get nervous or even a even a doe you know particularly she has some age on her you know that's something that that we've all seen as hunters and and to be honest with you that was really what started hacks was those those times when you know when animals react to something that that you know, and it truly is a sixth sense. It really truly is. Um, you know, it's one that we're just now starting to understand, but it is truly a sixth sense. It's, it's when they get close to another big living being and I, and I'll, and I'll go back a little bit too. the bigger, the the living being is the more we put out. So if you're a, if you're a, a you know, a, a gray squirrel or a, or a, you know, a chipmunk or something like that, you're going to put out very much. And they're probably not going to pay a lot of attention to you. But as As large living beings as as people are that's it's a significant field and and animals feel compelled to be able to identify that, and if they can't, it just makes them naturally nervous so um so yeah I mean that's that's exactly what we're talking about
0: that's kind of crazy crazy you said that because as far as, you know, the amount of energy that, you know, different size animals put out. I was watching a couple of does. I was checking trail cameras this uh, weekend and I had a couple of does in a, in a kind of a, an open grassy area and they were feeding. And th- I know that they could not see these two raccoons. They were kind of coming right at each other on this field edge and behind it this field edge where these does were and they started fighting and they were making loud noises and cracking and, and, you know, making tons of noise and the, the deer didn't even lift their head up. But when I start walking closer, I'm making way less noise and they instantly pick up on that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So there, it, it makes you, you know, at the same time, you know, And I'll get to this question next, but at the same time, you know, there's a little bit of skepticism, but at the same time, everything that you're describing has a little bit of science, you know, science background to it. So when in regards to the people who are skeptics, I mean, is this one of those products that you can say, okay, if you don't, you don't have to take my word for it, go visit this scientific website and read, read up on it yourself? Or is it, is this a product where, Hey man, just trust us?
1: (laughs) Well, um, first off, um, everybody's a skeptic to start with. Everybody is. And the thing is, is that, you know, we've sold tens of thousands of suits now, and it is almost unheard of that we have a complaint as far as people saying, hey, I I bought this and I don't think it works. Um, Most of the time when we get those, and like I said, it's very rare. Literally last year, I had three total all year of, you know, people that called or emailed or wrote us or whatever that said, hey, you know. I'm not seeing the results. Most of the time it has to do with how they're using it. Um, a lot of times it has to do with not wearing a face net and that kind of thing. But um, but it's very rare. But we also have two things. If you go to our website, there's a lot of the scientific, uh, scientific stuff there. And it's actually a lot of it's links to... You know, scientific papers and that kind of thing that's out there on on reception and and how it's created and how it's blocked and and all that kind of thing. So, um, and and we're posting new stuff all the time too because there's all literally new science coming out all the time. It's actually become kind of a hot button subject. Um, you know, the aquatic side has been very in tune to it for a very long time, and actually our Hex Aquatic line for you know in dive suits and and you know spear fishermen and, and recreational divers and that kind of thing is. Going very well but uh, but there's tons of science on our website, and you know it's pretty easy to to do a Google search too and you know google you know you know electroception of mammals and that kind of thing and you know there's there's some stuff out there that that is skeptical as far as that goes, but again, it kind of comes back to you know, if you've ever used it, you're not a skeptic, and that's pretty much universal, really, right now. So, um, makes us feel good about our product, and and obviously that's one of the reasons why we have the sales growth that we do. We're growing extremely quickly, and uh, a lot of it has to do with people out there trying it and seeing the differences and telling their buddies.
0: How many How many years have you guys been out?
1: Um, we officially launched in 2010. Okay, um, but as you may have made. Uh, you know realize with a technology like this uh i mean we were looked at pretty strangely when we first right. when we first came out with this but uh you know that's the cool thing now you know we're we're into our six-year business now and uh, you know we just don't have to explain how it works very often now it's mostly you know what size are you in and, and what do we need to ship it to you because uh you know, like I said, it's, it's really taken off well. And again, the only skeptics we have are those who haven't used it. It's right. really true.
0: All right. So now let's get into the actual products here. What kind of products, you know, I'm online. I see you guys offer the three piece hex suit. What is that consist of? And I guess, is there different layers for like uh, warm weather hunting versus cold weather hunting?
1: yeah well first off our 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 basic three-piece hex suit is our basic product and what we set out to do with that is make a product that was that a hunter could use in virtually any any hunting situation whether it's hot whether it's cold whatever so we made a three-piece suit very very standard fit it's like a long sleeve t-shirt on the top the pants are cut kind of like sweatpants they're very adjustable very lightweight. The fabric is extremely lightweight. Um, It does come in either Realtree Extra or Mossio Country Camo. And that's the reason we do that because a lot of people will want to wear it as an outer layer, particularly if it's hot. But it's important to know that Hex technology works whether it's on top or on the bottom. It doesn't matter. As long as it's between you and the outside, you're going to see the benefit. So our basic hunting suit, most people wear it as an underlayer. Under there are other stuff. Like I said, if it's hot, if you're hunting antelope out west or you know down in texas and and it's 100 degrees out just the suit by itself with a pair of cutoffs underneath is super comfortable as well <laughs> so so that's our basic suit um we just came out with a base layer this year too and it's a semi-thermal um underwear only type products in a it's in a, a a loading green real dark green color and it is specifically made for underlayer and more for uh you know hunting situations when you want something just a little bit warmer. Um, like I said, it's a more of a long underwear type cut, and it is semi thermal. And it is to the uh, shirt, pant, and the head cover. We do the head cover with all of them. So um, we do have a couple accessories that are that are uh, really popular number ones. Our gloves. Our gloves are very important for turkey and waterfowl hunters um, we then they and they're of help for everybody but the turkey and water for waterfowl hunters it, it, really the gloves are pretty essential um, and then we also have a hex ball cap which is made out of the hex materials real lightweight real comfortable um, and then we also just introduced a hex sock this well as this year as well so you can get uh, full coverage head to tail so kind of got something for everybody but uh, like i said our basic suit it was designed to be used in, in any situation at all, so uh, you kind of got something for everybody there.
0: So you can you can literally use this as almost as a base layer to put more clothing on top of it, or you can just wear it standalone, or even potentially buy it larger and wear it as an exterior.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it. you're going to see the benefit no matter how you wear it. Um, you know, we've got some guys that wear this as their outer camo as well, and they just wear it over their street clothes as well. I mean, we've got guys that do that because it's really versatile. So, uh, like I said, the basic suit was, was designed to be super versatile. The, the base layer. Um, a lot of people are really excited about the base layer too because it's something that we really asked for something was a little more thermal so um, if you're gonna be hunting mostly in the you know where a where a little bit of uh, insulation would be a good thing then the base layer might be the best way to go
0: so with this special fabric i have two questions one's kind of a crazy question so i'll ask it first do i need because of this do i need to be worried about standing too close to, let's say, an electric fence. I mean, will electricity jump from one place to me wearing it? I mean, do I have a higher risk of getting electrocuted, let's say, if I'm wearing this shirt and I decide, hey, I need to change an, an outlet in my bathroom?
1: No, you're not going to have that. Um, and then the reason being is that what our mesh is, is designed to block is extreme low frequency field. So while the conductivity is, is more than enough to stop extreme low frequency field, it's not going to substantially increase you know, your con- conductivity to electrical objects. So you don't really have to worry about anything like that. Um, pacemakers, we have to get that question all the time. So it's not going to affect your pacemaker if you have one of those or anything like that. So um, again, it's, it's, it's electrically conductive, but it's, it's, uh, it's designed for an extreme also for low frequency field. So, you okay. know, I mean, you're not going to have an increased uh, risk of getting struck by lightning or anything like that either. So, um, but yeah, not a crazy question we get it all the
0: time. Okay. <laughs> now the next, the next is maintenance. I mean, is this just a regular washable? I can throw it in with the rest of my hunting gear or is there any special care instructions yep. for this
1: nope it's real easy you just it's um you know machine wash cold tumble dry or hang dry um just uh i just wash mine with my regular hunting gear and my hunting detergent uh right with right with everything else so real easy to take care of not a whole lot of maintenance at all
0: all right Let's see here now i mean just just moving forward with all of this I mean, what is in store for the future for you guys? I mean, are are you going to be taking this technology, you know, even further to uh, different products or different, uh, not necessarily just clothing, but taking it somewhere else? Or is this kind of your, where you guys are at?
1: No, um, you know, the more we learn about our technology – Um, the more, uh, you know, the more opportunity that we see. Um, Our biggest, uh, biggest thing right now is, like I said, I've mentioned it a couple times, and that's the hexaquatic line. And that's branching into, you know, wetsuits and dive gear and that kind of thing, which we just launched this year, and it's going extremely well. Uh, We've had some of the some of the most decorated scientists in the in the world using it right now actually we were we were just on uh, we we had our product used on Animal Planet um, here a couple of weeks ago by one of our guys Forrest Gawante Um, so that's a that's been a focus is the aquatic side but also um, you know there's a, a large contingency of people out there who aren't really into hunting, they may be bird watchers or just people that want to have a a better experience with wildlife, and and certainly there's some uh, some opportunity to use our technology, maybe a little different type product, but uh, but use our technology in in those as well. Um, the other one I mentioned was the military. The, um, you know, we've got a military advisory board for HEX right now that has a retired four-star general, a retired three-star general, and a retired uh, Marine colonel who actually approached us and and uh, are interested in the uh, possibilities of HEX uh, with our troops. So, you know, there's all kinds of things out there. Uh, we certainly aren't aren't uh, aren't at the end yet. We're just at the beginning. It's really exciting.
0: It's funny that you say that because I remember watching something about great white sharks on maybe like Discovery Channel and they mentioned that they're really good at picking up electromagnetic fields through their nose or or something like that if i if i remember correctly so i can see how surfers or uh, shark divers or whatever you know people who like to snorkel or whatever would would find something like this you know interesting
1: yeah well the the shark has what's called the ampule of lonzini it's actually a very well understood actual electrical or electrical reception organ um sharks and rays have it there's there's quite a few um other underwater species that have a It's very well understood. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, by blocking this, uh, we see a benefit for anybody that's in the water who wants a better underwater experience. And, you know, if, if somebody wants to be maybe... Uh, not paid quite as much attention by a shark. Uh, everybody thinks that would be a good idea. I know I would if I was in the water. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, um, you know we can't guarantee that that somebody's not going to get attacked if they wear hex because, <clears throat> like anything else, I mean the shark has a whole a whole list of of. Uh, Sensory organs that uh, could have an attack, but by blocking the electrical field, it's certainly one that sharks are very well, well understood. That that's one of the ways that they actually hone in on their prey and and, and that kind of thing. So, <clears throat> interestingly enough, we had a uh, we had a, a expedition down in New Zealand that we filmed, um, and we actually have a TV show running this month on Pursuit uh, called Hex Aquatic Stealth Dive. But uh, they um, actually had some some pretty interesting interactions with a mako, and the most interesting thing actually was we had uh, like five divers in the water, a makos, you know, coming up. They they were spear fishing, so they had a, a fish that they just shot. The mako comes in, takes it. But one of the camera guys dove in in a regular suit without a hex without hex in it, and the mako. Literally ignored everybody else and went straight to him. Uh, there wasn't an attack, fortunately, but uh, but it was really really apparent the the difference. I mean, as soon as he jumped in the water, he wasn't in there, you know, a minute, and the mako went straight to him, ignoring everybody else. So it's kind of an interesting little uh, little side note on sharks. So yeah, we we think there's a, a big uh, benefit to a lot of people in the water with it, and hopefully in a lot of other places as
0: well. All right. So now after listening to this podcast, there's guys out there that are going, "Okay, he convinced me. I want to give this a try. Where can where can we purchase your guys's products?"
1: Okay. Well, we have dealers uh, across the country, and the best way to find a dealer is to go to our website, and that is uh hexllc.com. H is in Harry, E is in E, is in Echo, C is in Cat, S is in Sam than llc like limited liability company and you can look at and uh, see our dealer list or you can order direct we sell a lot of stuff direct and uh you know we we do very well with that also so yes yeah, hex or you can give us a call at five four one five seven five four three two seven, and we uh, will be glad to be glad to help you out and, and get you in hex and let you be see the difference because it's it definitely is something that uh, there's no other way to get it, and it's a, an advantage that uh, it's pretty apparent when you put it to use
0: now the the I mean you just touched on it, but now there's a group of guys that are like all right, still kind of a skeptic on you know some on this closing you know this closing little argument, what would you say to these guys who are still a little bit skeptical to get them to take that you know that lat those last couple steps in in order to get them to you know potentially purchase your product.
1: Well, again, go to the website, look at the testimonials, look at the videos, if you're into the science side, look at that. Um also, you know, there we've got a, a great rating on Amazon. There's a lot of people that have uh, commented there, which is totally outside of of, you know, our website and that kind of thing. And uh like I said, I mean, that's that's probably the best thing to do is do your research because, you know, pay attention to the guys who have used it. Like I said, there's lots of skeptics out there and lots of people with opinions that have never used it. Um, but uh, to me, that's kind of like uh, kind of like voting. If you don't vote, you shouldn't complain about who's the president. So right. you know, so anyway, uh, pay attention to the people who have used it. And I think you'll see that, uh, you know, it's it's a product that works very well for, you know, for countless people out there right now
0: perfect. Well Mike, I tell you what, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time and uh, sharing this information with us. I think you are, you know, you already mentioned that uh, hexllc.com is the website for more information. Um, so again, thank thank you for coming on.
1: Well, no problem. I enjoyed uh, enjoyed our visit, and again, I uh, hope to hear from anybody. Also, you know, feel free to email me or give me a call, too, because I take uh, calls, and I talk to people every day, too. So if you have, anybody out there has specific questions, feel free to email me. It's mike at com, or give me a call at the office, and uh, be glad to visit with you about it. you um, do it every day, and, uh, you know, the biggest thing is, is, you know, getting people in the technology so they understand how it works and, and- and getting them to see the advantage firsthand. And uh, that's been our our bread and butter. And it's actually really rewarding when we hear success stories from people out there.
0: Another one bites the dust here on the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. First off, I want to thank Mike for coming on the show and talking about his product. It's definitely one of those products that if this podcast maybe sparked a fire for you guys to go find out more information or even, hey, go out and purchase it, I want to know about it. I want to know about the success or the failures if you think it is in fact a gimmick or if it actually does work. So uh it definitely is one of those products that uh you have to try before you can find out, you know, what the what the results are or if they match what uh Mike said today. Mike also has uh, decided to take part in the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast giveaway, and uh, we're gonna give away one entire suit of your choice, your your size, up to four X. So if you're four, if you're five X, unfortunately, they don't make a product that fits you. So sorry, uh, <laughs> but but if you want to win one of their suits, the only thing you have to do. It's two things, actually. One, go to the Nine Finger Chronicles Facebook page that mentions this podcast and share it on your personal page. Then you need to go over to the Hex Facebook page and comment, Nine Fingers sent me. Just like we do with all the giveaways. Um, This is like a $200, you know giveaway so uh, it's worth about 200 bucks so why not enter you could win it you could test it out and then you could tell me if it works or not and then either I can buy it so uh, let me know to the winners or even let me know if you've used this product before Uh, comment on the Facebook uh, on the Facebook post that mentions this and we can uh, start some dialogue other than that huge shout out to exit trail cameras for uh, supporting the show huge shout out the biggest loudest shout out to you guys for, uh, taking time to download and listen to this podcast, spread the word people. Uh, it's, uh, it's going very well. And, uh, I know that, uh, you, I, from the comments that, and emails and, and messages that I get from you guys, I, uh, you know, thank you and, uh, spread the word because that's how I get to keep doing this. So Again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And remember, next time you're in the tree, wear your damn safety harness.